the dumbest hole I've ever played in my life. Ronnie, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Oh my goodness! Welcome in to the Missed Cut Podcast. I am your host, Carson Williams, here for episode one of my new golf podcast. It is Monday, March 19th. Um, I'm going to touch on a couple things before we really get going. Um, really happy about this new project I'm working on, uh, the Missed Cut Podcast. Um, if you were with me with the Wire to Wire podcast, you know that didn't exactly work. Wasn't exactly my most valiant effort on that. Um, and a couple reasons why. You know, I think... Um, I tried to tackle too many things, um, tried to touch on too many subjects during my podcast, um, and I wasn't able to really engulf myself in what I was talking about, um, and I was trying to stretch my podcast out to an hour long, um, and that just wasn't really working. Um, also, I was only doing it by myself, so it was kind of hard to um, really kind of bounce off ideas of one another. It was really just me spitting out ideas and uh, just kind of leaving it at that, so that wasn't exactly um, effective. So um, with that said, if anybody wants to co-host this new podcast with me, shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I'll be happy to talk with you. Um, if you're a big fan of golf, like podcasting, um, all that kind of stuff, shoot me a message um, and we can maybe try to work something out. DM me on Twitter or Instagram at Carson Williams four uh, or follow the missed cut podcast on Instagram at missed cut pod and uh, DM me there if you'd like. Um, on that, I'm going to try to, you know, post something every day. Um, if I can't get around to that, I want to at least try to post something every day of the tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just to kind of, uh, recap what's going on, um, that day. So, um, that's that. Um, I think that's about all we have for the first part of things. Um, you know, it's spring break right now, so got a lot of time to kill. Thought this was a good time to start this podcast. Uh, the Masters is coming up as well, so... Um, you know, golf is in full swing. Tiger's back. We'll touch on that here in a minute. Um, and, uh, so it's, an ex- it's an exciting time and I'm excited about getting this going. So, uh, like I said, if you want to co-host this with me, I can't do it alone. Obviously we saw how that worked out last time. Didn't really work out well. Um, so shoot me a message and we can maybe see if we can get something going, um, on that. So anyway, uh, moving on to the action before we though, uh, get to that, I do want to touch on what Rory McIlroy said this past week. Um, about alcohol sales on tour. Now, there's been a number of guys uh, this year who have, you know, complained, bitched about uh, the atmosphere of the events and the rowdiness of the fans. And Rory was just the latest to say something. He said, quote, I think it's gotten a little much, to be honest. Uh, I think they need to limit alcohol sales on the course or they need to do something because every week it seems like guys uh, are complaining about it more and more, end quote. Um, you know, it's not like there's a hundreds in thousands of people each week who are doing this. It's become one or two people a week who do something or say something and it causes players to have to address this. And I um, I get the history of this game and the behavior that's associated with it, but 
the galleries, I think, have been great, with the exception of a few bad people, a few bad apples. It's ironic, though, to me that the ones who are pointing this out, you know, Rory and Justin Thomas, are young guys who are who were influenced by the Tiger Woods movement when they were growing up. He created this type of environment, this atmosphere, back in the early 2000s when he was just dominating and just winning week in and week out. But he's been out of the game for a few years while these young guys have taken over and you know risen to the top of the golf world. They don't know what those same types of crowds are like. Uh, but they so badly, on the other side, they want so badly to see what the tour is like with Tiger in it. They want to be able to compete with Tiger the way that those old guys, older guys, uh, used to in the 2000s. And to me, you have to pick your poison. Do you want that? Do you want Tiger back? And with that, the those crowds that so many people have already, um, you know, backlashed and have, have, have already, um, you know, put down? Or do you want that gone? And do you want, um, you know, do you want to be playing the kind of golf and the kind of atmosphere, the kind of, you know, game that you've been playing for the past five years without that. Um, I think you've got to make that decision now before you start griping at other things and keep harping on this issue. Um, But, you know, Tiger said, he even said himself, he said, quote, they are having a blast and hopefully we can execute golf shots. But as long as they don't yell in our golf swings, everything's cool. And I agree with him. He's right. I think as professional athletes, you're under a lot of pressure. That happens in any sport that you play. It's no secret, though, on the PGA Tour, fans are going to yell things as soon as you hit your golf shot. It, it happens every week. You can turn on the TV at 2.30 on a Sunday, and you can hear Justin Thomas hit a shot, and then immediately everyone yells, Get in the hole! Or Dilly Dilly! Or Mashed Potatoes! You're going to hear that. And uh, you have to, I mean, they know that. It happens to them week in and week out. But in Rory's case, apparently, allegedly, a guy was saying something about his wife or just saying her name or something. And to that, so what? I mean, you tune everything else out, dude, uh, during your round. Why are you letting this get to you? I don't understand um, why you're suddenly taken back by all this. And um, if he thinks it's alcohol-related, that's up to him. But I don't. I mean, if you cut alcohol sales, if let's say you cut them completely. You do not sell alcohol on PGA Tour at PGA Tour events. That will only make fans even more angry that they can't buy and drink beer at pro at pro golf events like they used to do. So that might, I think, make them even more mad and gripe even more and harp on you even more during your round. Um, the tour could step in. I don't know exactly what they could do, um, but I don't think that they need to, you know, take away beer for everybody when it might only be for a couple people. Um, you know, maybe you try to isolate those people. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into all these solutions because I don't have any uh, at the moment, mainly because that's not my job. That is, you know, Jay Monahan, dude, you got to, that's the, you're, this is on your plate, I guess, because everybody's griping about it, but it's not because of alcohol. Uh, most, I would say 98 to 99% of people who go to PJ Tour events and drink alcohol don't do this and you can't ruin the experience for everybody just because one person mentioned your wife's name to you like you got to keep moving on play the rest of your round I mean we'll talk about Rory here in a second but this uh I'm just it's it's kind of annoying that these tour players just keep griping about the crowds when they're out there supporting them they're out there for them to watch them and they're not happy with how they're 
with how they're watching you. And um, I, I just they've they've got to fix it somehow. And I understand, um, you know, just the vulgarity that maybe guys might be receiving, in, you know, inside the ropes, all that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, but taking away alcohol is like Rory just saying, whoa. Yeah, you know, you're loud and crazy. Let me take away your beer, man. I don't like beer. I'm drinking when I'm trying to play golf. Like, dude, chill. Don't take away the beer from the fans. Um, anyway, moving on. The uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational this past weekend, always one of the, you know, most fun stops on tour just because of, you know, all that Arnold Palmer has done for the game of golf globally and, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of legacy that he left and, um, all that kind of stuff. It's always fun watching on the broadcast the kind of, you know, videos and interviews and stories that they tell about Arnold Palmer. And it's so fun to listen to, I think. And um, this is always one of my favorite weeks on the tour. And um, this week was no different. Tiger coming back, uh, playing for the first time in five years since he won in 2013. Uh, and then coming off last week at the Valspar, he nearly won. Um, came up one shot short of, uh, of Paul Casey, who came out of nowhere. Um but he this week he became the betting favorite on or at the Masters to win the Masters. Think about that. A guy who has had four back surgeries, I believe, and has dealt with off the course issues with, um, you know, he's been to rehab. He's you know all this kind of stuff with um, his off the field issues that he's had to deal with, and now coming back, um, you know, healthy finally and uh, not in pain and playing good golf again. It's crazy to think that now he's finally the betting favorite for the Masters here in a couple weeks. Um, and that's, that's insane. But, um, so Thursday, first round, Tiger Woods, uh, opens with a four under 68 and that included a double on three. Um, uh, so just to, you know, just kind of imagine what that could have been. If he had not doubled that, we would be looking at a 68, maybe, or excuse me, a 66 or a 65. Um, cools off on Friday though, with an even par 72. Uh, that's fine. Gets to the weekend. Uh, Saturday though, fires a nice three under 69, Nice. On Saturday with a crazy shot from the bunker on the par 5 16th. Go check out that, that video um, on the Missed Cut Instagram at Missed Cut Pod. And while you're there watching that, uh, also follow uh, follow them. Click the follow button. Uh, that video is a repost from the PGA Tour. I was not there. Um, but yeah, so Tiger goes out in two under uh, on Sunday. Bogey's nine, then Birdie's three of the next four, finds himself just one back of the lead. And I'm thinking, I'm watching the broadcast, I'm thinking, this guy's going to do it. He is going to come back and win five shots down on Sunday in his, you know, in a Sunday red. He's looking vicious. He's looking vintage Tiger. He's got that look in his face. Uh, like he's, you know, he's he's got that dog back in him. And, uh, you know, he's coming for your head. He's, he's taking no mercy on you guys. I'm 42, so what? I'm going to come for you anyway. We're going to win this thing. That's what I thought was going to happen. And uh, it was going to be like someone was going to do a 30 for 30 on it, and it was going to be nuts. And I thought I was watching history in the making. But um, that actually ended up not being the case. Um, so he gets to 16 where he had hit right all day. I mean, excuse me, all week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. Especially, like I said, Saturday in the bunker. Managed to get on in two, though, and two putt for a birdie. Uh, Sunday, though... Takes his driver. He said after the round that he was kind of, you know, choosing in between clubs, whether he wanted to take his driver or not. Ended up doing it. Uh, mistake number one, obviously. Can't hit his driver to save his life right now. Um, so he hits his, his tee shot OB left. And we're talking way left. Like, 
there was this like makeshift OB fence. It was like a net fence. Hit it over that into some bushes. So he's like looking down to the left to see if the marshal can give him any word on what, you know, how, like where his ball is, if it's in play, whatever. Finally gets the call, has to re tee and just stripes his, his, you know, third shot, his second tee shot um, down the middle of the fairway. So he's line three in the middle of the fairway. Um, but he, so he goes on to bogey 17, excuse me, 16. Um, and that kind of shuts the door on Tiger winning that week because that put him at the point at the time two back, I believe, um, with like two to play. So, and I, I just, I, I feel like after that, you just, you kind of lose your, your confidence, you lose your momentum. Can't really recover after that. Obviously goes on to bogey 17 as well, hitting his tee shot in the greenside bunker. Can't get up and down. So back to back bogeys. Try not to, you know, finish back-to-back-to-back bogeys. Um, so on 18, drive goes in the right rough, has to lay up. And I'm just watching this unfold, and I'm thinking, good God, what happened? Can we just get this over with and get to Augusta? Probably what he was thinking as well. Um, but his, you know, his second shot, um, obviously has to lay up. Third shot approach kind of has to, he kind of chips it onto the green, uh, trickles back onto the fringe, you know, just right of the hole. Um, and he makes an unbelievable 10 footer, which by the way, he has been, he was tremendous from that distance all week. Um, but that drops him to par or that, excuse me, that drops in for par. Um, and he shot another 69 on Sunday, but that probably should have been a 67, maybe 66 and at least a better chance to win. But I don't think it really would have mattered all that much because, um, Rory McIlroy just came charging back. Although he was only two down, um, of Henrik Stinson to, you know, start Sunday, but he was kind of overshadowed to start the, you know, start the broadcast because he was, you know, playing behind uh, Tiger and, uh, you know, they were focused on like him and the leaders and all that kind of stuff. Not a lot of, you know, attention was really on Rory until um, the back nine. Front nine, though, pretty solid hour nine, three under with birdies on six, seven, and nine, um, mainly being overshadowed, like I said. Um, and then on the back nine, Absolutely explodes on the back nine. Pars on 10, 11, and 12. Okay. And then he rattles off birdies on 13, 14. Chips in for birdie on 15. Birdie 16. Pars 17 and drains a 25-footer on 18 for his eighth birdie of the day. Shoots a bogey-free final round 64. Wins by three over Bryson DeChambeau, who, by the way, pisses me off to unbelievable measures because of his stupid hat. He's he's another Puma guy. Oh, I despise Puma. Um, anyway, it just looks dumb. And all of his clubs are the same length, which is uh, like just ridiculous. You stupid fake scientist. Um, he has oversized grips. I don't know if that's because his hands are small or what, but if it is, that's troubling for him. Um, anyway, that's my tangent on Bryson. Um, Henrik Stinson, though, uh, fires another 71 on Sunday. I think he shot 71 on Saturday as well. He finishes solo fourth, five shots back of Rory, um, and that kind of that kind of tells you how dominant Rory was on Sunday. I mean, obviously, you know, we kind of touched on it, just kind of how what, what kind of day he had, eight birdies. But uh, I mean, a seventy-one final round isn't terrible. I mean, he shot one under, um, but obviously not enough to get it done. Rory. Just, uh, you know, charges back on Sunday, makes a huge charge on Sunday, and uh, wins for the first time since the 2016 Tour Championship when he won the FedEx Cup, uh, which happened to be the same day that Arnold Palmer passed away. So it's fitting 
I think that he wins the Kings event as his next win and, you know, kind of breaks that drought. It had been 500 and something days. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not the biggest Rory fan, but good for him. Um, it's no secret, obviously, the game is better when he is playing better. Uh, it's it's better when, when all the top guys are playing better, whether it's Rory, whether it's Tiger, whether it's Jordan Spieth right now in a huge slump that is kind of aggravating to me because I'm a big Spieth guy. But um, hopefully he can figure that out before Augusta here in a couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, like I said, better when all those guys are playing better. Uh, Rory has been battling injuries and putting woes for a year or so now. But, you know, he managed to finally fix both of those, at least for this week. Putting for Rory was fantastic. Gained over two strokes on the field this week on the greens. And uh, imagine saying that six months ago. If you had told me six months ago, Rory goes on to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational, leave it at that. I would probably just think, ha, 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 no, he sucks. He's in a slump right now. He's hurt. He can't do anything, can't putt, can't, he just can't do it. No way. And then if you told me, no, seriously, he won and gained two over two strokes on the field this week on the greens, I probably would have laughed in your face and then slapped it because I would not have believed you at all. But I think part of that help on the greens was because he took a putting lesson from Brad Faxon earlier this week. So Rory, dude, you owe, you owe Brad a nice steak dinner soon. Um, but hopefully, hopefully he can, you know, kind of take that and move forward with him, move forward with that because he's finally healthy. And if he can get his putting consistent, like it was this past week, he's going to be, you know, maybe back to how he was in 2014 when he, uh, you know, was dominating, he won a couple majors and, uh, hopefully he can get back to that because like I said, golf is better, um, when that's the case. So, but back to tiger though, a couple takeaways from him. Um, this past week, he hit the ball a lot better this week than he did last week. I thought taking more, uh, taking more long irons off the tee. Um, he was able to do that, especially, you know, Bay Hill and especially also, uh, because he somehow managed to register the best, or I think second best club head speed on tour after his fusion, um, which is unbelievable. Just absolutely crazy to think that he's swinging faster now than he did back in his prime when his back is about to just disintegrate. Um, I don't know how he does it. I, this has kind of made me jokingly want to get, you know, fusion surgery just because if that, if he can help Tiger Woods, I could use it as well. Um, again, short game phenomenal um, since he's returned. Kind of remarkable after seeing, you know, him have the chipping yips this time last year. I, I guess it was, um, you know, back in December 2016 uh, when he was at the, uh, I think it was at his event, the uh, Hero World Challenge down in the Bahamas. Chipping yips couldn't just, it was horrific to watch. Um, but now he's just dialed in from short distance and it's fun to watch, you know, vintage Tiger uh, from that distance. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, what a one last week I thought had he had been able to get more going on the greens, drop nearly a stroke on the field last week on the greens. Um, and that would have won him. That would have won at the Valspar. He dropped a stroke, lost by a stroke. I mean, um, that was the, I think the difference last week just couldn't get anything going on the greens this week gains nearly two strokes on the green. So a lot better performance from him. I don't know if it was, you know, grass type or if it was just, you know, feel, um, you know, like I said, he's won eight times at Bay Hill. So he knows those greens like the back of his you know hand. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that was it. Uh, but whatever it was, he, uh, he managed to, you know, right the ship this week on the green but he did only hit 61% of fairways this week, so that was kind of troubling, just under the field average. So, got to fix that as well. But I think if you take more long irons, if you take more three woods, 
If you try to stay away from your driver as much as possible, I think that's good. Even on par fives, I think if you can take a three wood and get it out there, he can hit his three wood, I, I would say, close to 300 yards maybe. And on a par five, I think that's good because, if I mean, you just you have to put yourself in position. I don't think you necessarily need to be as long as you are. Like I said, second best club head speed on tour right now, and I think he's maybe top 10 or so driving distance. So still, I mean, you're going to get your distance just because of the way – you know that his new swing is the way uh, that he's been playing. That just that that's going to set up. But if you take your driver and try to gain an extra thirty yards, and you go way left, it, it doesn't even matter. Like that thirty yards isn't worth it. Um, I don't think. But we'll see kind of what he plans to do. He said he might be uh, you know switching up some equipment as he heads to the to the Masters here in a couple weeks. But um, it was it was encouraging to see he was uh, 11 under on par fives this week, only six under on par fives last week. So a much better job, and that's where you got to take advantage of it. Like I was just talking about, if you can put yourself in position, then you can you can you can go low on par fives. You have a lot more chances at birdies and eagles on there if you can just put yourself in the fairway, put yourself in position. Last week, uh, obviously only six under, but he has to put himself in position. So. Um, after he made the cut at Torrey earlier this year, and he didn't show any signs of pain whatsoever, that was encouraging for me. I thought it was clear all he needed really was reps. And even Tiger said it himself. He said, I need to get back into the groove of tournament golf. And he's done that. Last three starts. 12th, T2, T5. Now tell me right now that that is not a guy who can compete and contend on tour with the formula that he has. If you tell me that, I'm going to... I'll probably not believe you because that's stupid. This guy with what he's got now can certainly contend on the PGA tour. Most weeks. Listen, he's not going to be the Tiger Woods of the 2000s. He will never be that again. That ship is long gone. But he can certainly be a guy who contends with these young guns. Nearly every week he's out there. Um you know, he's going to have those days, those maybe those weeks where he doesn't play well, where he misses a cut like at Riviera. Um but at Riviera, he's never played well there, hasn't played there much. But for the most part, in his career, which is why he's made so, which is why he's missed so few cuts, is because he plays the same events week in and week out. He knows these courses. He knows Bay Hill. He knows Augusta. He knows, you know, those these these U.S. Open rotational courses. He knows Shinnecock. He knows, um, you know, every, you know the West Coast swing. He knows Torrey Pines. He knows all that kind of stuff. But now. If he's going to start playing more events, I want to see him play, you know, like he played the Valspar for the first time in 20 years this year. Um, I want to see him play maybe the Farmers Insurance Open. Hadn't played there in a while. Um, I want to see him maybe play at Harbortown or, you know, just trying to throw in some more things, trying to get you some more reps because, like I said, that's all he needs. And it's 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 obvious right now that that's what that's what he needs. And um, it's helping him out tremendously. So um, moving on, though. Uh, this week, the WGC Dell Technologies at uh, Austin Country Club, the match play. Um, weird week. I don't know. It just starts on Wednesday. There's a pool play to start out for the first couple days. Then uh, it goes to single elimination on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know much about this. This format, they changed it a couple years ago. Um, it used to just be you know, single elimination, blah, 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 until Sunday. That was easy. Uh, but now they've got pools and they've got round robins. It's just it's a little confusing, so um, I don't really know how it's going to play out. But um, you know, 50, 59 of the top sixty-four in the world golf rankings in the field this week. No Tiger, 
obviously not up there quite yet. He's he is moving up in the rankings though. Um, also, no Ricky Fowler, but you do have DJ, the reigning champ uh, from last year, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy trying to win for uh, the second time in two weeks, um, and then Phil Mickelson going for his second WGC of the year. So should be interesting. We're gonna see um, kind of how this plays out. Uh, match play is is kind of in it's kind of you know interesting and intriguing because you could have some guy come out of the woodworks and just make a huge run that week and win the WGC. Um, and it's all about match play. It's all about you know it's just I mean I've talked to I've talked to people before about match play about how um, it, it doesn't necessarily get you down as much as maybe stroke play would if you're playing somebody and you like let let's say Tiger. Um, for example, this past week, if it was match play and he hits that ball, you know, on 16 OB instead of being down, you know, four or five after that, he's only down two because he just loses one hole. So um, it's a lot, you know, different mentally just because of that. If you get down on a hole, you just lose one. That's basically just one shot um, or one one hole. But um, it's different, you know, um, kind of fun that they kind of mix this up. So we'll see how it goes. Um, at Austin Country Club this weekend. Um, and then finally, our other uh, segment of uh, this podcast called Patron Play. Um, it's where you kind of you guys send in questions that you'd like me to uh, answer. Uh, I got a few questions kind of like, you know, should the tour ban alcohol after what Rory said, or is Tiger back? Uh, I just want to say, though, you know, that kind of stuff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer anyway. That's going to be what the you know bulk of the podcast is going to be about. If it's a huge topic um, that week, I'm going to talk about it. So um, you don't necessarily need to you know send in those questions, but uh, if you know you saw something specific over the weekend during the action that you liked or that you know kind of stood out to you, send me that or um, you know this or that questions. You know, do I prefer you know the you know just certain kind of irons or just you know this or that questions you know relating to golf? Send me that. Um, you know, pet peeves on the golf course. Send me that. I'll be happy to talk about that. I think that's that stuff's kind of fun. I just like you know want fun questions um, that I can kind of answer and, and kind of dive in and you know just just have fun with or just send me your you know your predictions for the week and why you think that and um, you know especially with the Masters coming up we'll talk about all that and um, but uh, there was one one question that I got um, this past week from Holden um, up in Minnesota if you could be any player on tour besides Tiger who would it be and. I thought about it for a sec. I, you know, besides Tiger, that kind of takes out the fun of things. But um, I thought about Ricky Fowler, but the whole Puma gear kind of pushed me away from that. Um, so I'm going to go Adam Scott. You know, he always looks fresh on the course, looks good. Um, that's always been my motto, look good, feel good, play good. So uh, he has that going for him, obviously. Um, he's made the, He has maybe the best swing on tour. If not him, it's Rory McIlroy. But uh, those two are neck and neck. Um, so that's always good. Has a Masters under his belt, so we can go play there anytime he wants. Um, for the longest time, he was he had uh, Stevie Williams on the bag for him. So uh, just picking his brain, he's won so many. You know, he's helped win so many tournaments with Tiger and all that kind of stuff. That that would have been cool to uh, experience. So I'm gonna go Adam Scott. You know, sponsored by Tylus and Footjoy and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's nice. I do like that. So. Um, all right, that will do it for the first episode. Not a long episode, but um, just kind of wanted to get things going. Remember, follow Missed Cut Podcast on Instagram at Missed Cut Pod. 
Um, DM me questions, anything you have um, that I just kind of mentioned. They're kind of rules of sending in questions. Um, and again, if anybody wants to co-host this with me, let me know. We could try to make it happen. DM me on Twitter or Instagram at CarsonWilliams4 or at MissedCutPod, and uh, we will see how things go. But for now, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode after the WGC match play in Austin. Have a good week. Peace. I'm a shitty golfer. You can ask my wife. I've been out there hacking every day of my life. I got the shorts and all the plaid sweaters. That new tailor-made driver didn't make me any better. Man, I hit them fat and I hit them thin. I roll them in the bunkers, man, I hit them again. Slice them in the bushes, crank them in the creek. I pop that sucker up and hook it out in the street. Yeah, I'm 245, right down the middle. And I'm Mr. Green to the left, just a little. Chili dip away and put it all together. Hit that son of a bitch right up there in the leather. If you call that good and let me press on the side, you can put me down for a fine. Hey, I'm a shitty golfer, most of us are, but we carry our clubs in the back of our car. What else you gonna do? You're out of town and you need to waste a whole day and shoot another round. Then I played Augusta and I played Pebble Beach and one time at Sawgrass I shot 83. If I lived long enough be 88, I think I'll celebrate it by shooting my head. Yeah, I'm 245, right down the middle and I'm Mr. Green to the left. Just a little chili dippy with and put it all together. Hit that son of a bitch right up there in the leather. And if you call that good and let me press on the side, you can put me down for a five. Oh, yeah. You can put me down for a five.